0: Get the meaning behind the numbers, and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the
1: voice of hockey. Wrist shot, blocker to side by Laurent Besson, rebound score! Five! for Leafs, Nazem Kadri found it at his feet and fired it home. No, it was shot in, I believe, by Russell. It wasn't Kadri. I think Russell spun and put it in his own net.
2: Oh, he sure did. Ooh. Oh, poor Oilers, poor Chris Russell. Welcome to TSN Hockey Analytics, folks. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto and across The TSN Radio Network. You can get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics. Myself at AndyMC81. Great show for you today. Travis Yost from TSN.ca will join me in just a moment. Also, Justin Fox from 3HL Tour. A new 3-on-3 professional hockey league. He's going to stop by to tell us all about that. We'll get into some NHL fantasy hockey talk with our good buddy James Harding from DraftKings and then Scott Cullen to wrap up the program with Heroes and Zeros. But let's head right now to the 3 hl tour hotline catch the excitement of the three hl tour canada's three-on-three professional hockey league coming to a city near you tickets on sale right now at three hltour.com travis yos travis how's it going
1: good i don't know if i'm cut out for a three-on-three tournament maybe you are in
2: <laughs> we got to get the cardio up man it's uh it's, oh boy it, it'll it'll test you oh travis what about chris russell oh what what so, what a disaster you
1: know, it's it's that is like the flukiest of fluke plays you can possibly happen, and like you can't possibly watch that play and not feel anything but horrible for Chris Russell because you put yourself in his skates and you're like, oh my god, if that if that were me, I wouldn't want to show my face in a month and and for, <laughs> for a month at least. Uh, so it was it was gut wrenching to watch. But it, the only thing I will say about this is this is sort of the stuff that any player, not Chris Russell, but any player in general, runs the risk of doing. If they are playing so frenetically and frantically to just clear the puck out of their defensive zone and when when you don't have a strategy for clean exits and you don't have a strategy for transitioning the puck, you run into stuff like slapping the puck you know off any given end board and in this case, Russell was just not positioned properly and he slapped it right into his into his own net. So yeah. uh, you know it's it's you feel terrible for him, but at the same time, to me, it's an important lesson about look for, the distrib- look for the distribution, look how to push your guy off the puck, and always be situational where, where you are on the
2: ice. Yeah, it's sloppy. And for a veteran, ultimately, it's inexcusable. So uh, it'll be uh, a, a nice uh, anti-highlight for Chris Russell for many years to come, I'm sure. So, uh, <laughs> Travis, let's stick with the Oilers here. They're, they come up on the show so often because we had such lofty expectations. They've I've got off to such a bad start. And Earlier in the week, Patrick Maroon of the Oilers was saying that Edmonton can't rely on one player every year. Now, that one player, of course... Is Connor McDavid? Do you think he is enough? Can he save them from their own goal scoring selves?
1: Uh, yes, <laughs> but he needs one person to help him out, and that's Cam Talbot. And that—that's hmm. really the story of Edmonton this year. Is they're—they're they're very similar to the team they were last year. Um, you can may, probably make the argument that they're a little bit worse talent-wise, uh, but the, last year they had one unbelievable one and great goaltending. And if you get that, if you get a combination of those two things. In a league where half the teams make the playoffs, you can generally make it. And Edmonton made the playoffs last year, and they were absolutely deserving. I still, even today, think Edmonton is better than they've shown in the win-loss column. But I think Maroon's comments were interesting in a different light. When Patrick Maroon says we can't just rely on one player, what what he is saying is, look, the rest of the team really needs to step up, and we're not playing well right now. But if you look at it from an outside, you know, a third party, and you reread those comments. And Maroon did not intend this, but I took it as, huh, is this some sort of comment you know, that he doesn't even realize he's making about the roster build around Connor McDavid? Hmm. Because it's, it's, it's all fine and well. Like, I don't think Edmonton has an effort issue. Like, I think these guys are working their butts off. It's clear when you watch the game, they're playing as hard as any team. If, if that's the case, and everyone's playing as hard as they can, and you know, maybe a couple guys are not playing nearly as well as they did a year ago, but for the most part, the team is genuinely the same. If, if they think it's an effort issue and it's not, then isn't it kind of a commentary on the front office and the job they've done building around that one player? Like that, that to me is not, not what Maroon even expressly stated or implied, but that was the kind of takeaway that I had from that comment, which is, oh, well, if it's not really an effort issue and the talent is what it is on the roster, then aren't you kind of uh, making the comment that many of us have, by the way, the media fans, which is, <laughs> Peter Shiroli's not done a great job building around Connor McDavid.
2: I think that's a great point, Travis. Because yeah, and, and like you said, that that probably wasn't his intent. But if you're trying, the results aren't there. You can only play so much with the talent around you so yeah like i think that opens up a whole different conversation for for the Edmonton Oilers and and what they do moving forward and really it's going to be a, an interesting deadline before the christmas break and then afterwards to see where they're at and if they start to make any movement up the rank, uh, up the standings and if they don't do they become sellers to a certain point like it's it's going to be a fascinating storyline the, the
1: the the other thing that is not helping Edmonton in me like uh, propaganda business, I guess, is Barzell, Taylor Hall, and Jordan Everly are having fantastic seasons. That is not helping Edmonton whatsoever. If those guys were having average seasons, the perception would be, or the perception would not be that Peter Shearale has hurt his team in the building process. But because those guys are so individually playing well, and Adam Morrison's not really having a great year, and now he's banged up, it's created this perception, right or wrong, that Edmonton has down-gaged his talent on their roster pretty much across the board outside of having Connor McDavid. And again, a lot of, a lot of what we talk about is perception versus reality. And the, the fact that these guys are humming along on, on East Coast teams and Edmonton can't get out of their own way does not help the perception right now in Edmonton.
2: No, no. And, and Pat Maroon, he, yeah, he's not the only player to provide some gold to the media this week, Travis. You have Drew Dowdy and Eric Carlson, both. Speaking out publicly about hey, believe how they believe they are worth a considerable amount of money going into contract negotiations. Never good to air that those financial dirty laundry out in the public. But how close do you think they are on their self assessments, and how do you see their futures playing out?
1: Well, I, we should have called the segment "Reading Between What Is It Reading yeah. the Wands, Reading <laughs> the Sea Leaves, or something like right, that." Right. Because again, I, I I took another message from what was said in the media. First off, they both deserve a fortune. They're going to get a fortune. Whether it's from L.A. and Ottawa, respectively, or any other team, someone is going to pay them $10, $11, 12000000 million a year. It's going to happen. They're two of the five best defensemen in the league, and they're still in their, albeit late 20s, they're still in their 20s. The Drew Doughty point was interesting, because he kind of used Eric Carlson as, oh yeah, yeah. if he's getting all this money, well then, you know, I'm. <laughs> to me it was kind of an implied comment that he was as good as Eric Carlson, which I don't think anyone agrees with right now. But either way, I think Dowdy's point was that, look, they're in the same stratosphere. And if P.K. Subban made that type of money and you've got these other defenders making this type of money and the forward market's been reset, Dowdy should be paid and Carlson should be paid. The Carlson comment was way more interesting, I think. So although Doughty started the conversation, Carlson was the one who came out. And I'm, very, I'm slightly paraphrasing, but he pretty much said, I am getting a max. I don't care if it's an auto or someone else. Someone's going to give me the max. You do not see that said in hockey very often, especially a year plus out from a player's drop dead on his contract. And it's moreover interesting that a player like Carlson and in really in a hockey environment where everyone is so robotic and you, it's almost every single time you have a question about contract status, you get a boilerplate, nondescript answer. Carlson was like, I am going to get paid what I am worth and I know what I'm worth. (laughs) And it's interesting when you play for a team that is historically a bit tighter financially, historically mm-hmm. more reluctant to give max contracts. Uh, I, I do clearly Ottawa can fit him in, and and clearly um, they they have they have Mark Stone coming up as well, which is another big contract extension. And I, I don't know what the what it looks like in Ottawa. I can't possibly believe that they would let Eric Carlson walk over a couple million dollars. But it is very interesting that Carlson set such a harsh and strict tone. A year plus out. I have, I can't remember the last time I've heard someone say, like, it, that was a very NBA-ish comment where yeah. star talent drives contracts. And Carlton is not that type of player. He's not the type of character to come out and make these sweeping, very direct, very succinct comments. I, I thought that was the most fascinating comment maybe of the season.
2: Yeah, somebody maybe got in his ear or, or, or something. But yeah, you don't see that very often in the NHL. In conversation with Travis Yost from tsn.ca. You can find all his great work there on Twitter, at Travis Yost. Let's go to the Maple Leafs here. Leafs have a chance to win their third straight game Saturday and have a a perfect record on their three-game Western road trip so far. So, as of early Friday, both Toronto and Winnipeg, top five in the standings league-wide. Do you anticipate either of these teams' rankings amongst the league's best as the season gets deeper?
1: I, I think Toronto is going to hold firm. Uh, again, I think a lot of the discussion that we've had about the Leafs is that I don't, they're not the best team in the East, but they, because of that so muddied middle, they're better than pretty much any team in that pack, mm-hmm. which means if you look around the standings, let's say Pittsburgh writes the ship and we know Tampa Bay is great. Is Toronto slot in that three-hole? I mean, Columbus is great, too. So maybe worst-case scenario, Toronto's the fourth-best team in the East. Like. To me, that's a worst-case scenario for the Leafs, and that, that's indicative of a very good team, in my opinion, because the top at least three or four or five teams in the Eastern Conference are very good. And, and I think Winnipeg will also hold tight. I, I don't think that they are the best team in the Western Conference, but the, they have been the, the offensively productive team that we've anticipated or expected from them for about three years. And the Jets have historically actually have had a pretty good to very good offense every single year, which always abandoned them as their defensive play and their goaltending. So they're finally getting average defensive play and goaltending, and look what happened. They're, they're clearly, um, at least in the quarter, you know, the quarter mark of the season, they're clearly one of the best teams, one of the best teams in the Western Conference. The, the, the key for me for Winnipeg is, can you sustain the goal against differentials and the shot against differentials to just mediocrity? Because if that's the case, and you do have one of the league's higher-powered offenses, a lot like Toronto, actually. They're, they're very similar teams in that respect. Yeah. They are very tough to beat. I watched Winnipeg last night, and granted, Vegas, again, was playing a fourth-string goalie. But Winnipeg was more or less skating circles around a Vegas team that I think has been underrated pretty much all year. That, that's a decent Vegas team. They, they have a legitimate shot of making the playoffs. And Winnipeg was clearly better across the board. So I, I think it's another commentary about where the Jets have come. And, yeah, I, I expect them to finish again, top, top three, top four in the West.
2: And you mentioned Vegas, Travis, and they're still 15-9-1 after losing three straight. Like, that's how impressive that expansion team is. It's still blowing my mind. Like, we're at, they're at 25 games in. There's, it's no longer, okay, it's the fluky first couple of weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, and two other things about that, three other things, actually. Their shot differentials and expected goal differentials are above 50%. That's, that's number one. So this isn't complete fluke, right? right? Number two is their PDO is absolutely league average and exactly what you would expect from an NHL team. And the reason why they're white hot shooting and we, we won't expect that to continue. But let's be clear, they're 15-9-1 while getting very, very little goaltending most of the year. I mean, how many games have we watched where they were in Edmonton and Winnipeg where they're giving up six, seven, eight goals in a, in a, in a night? And they've done this three or four times and this is what happens when you have cluster injuries at the goaltending position. You have ECHL goaltenders take up some minutes, and it's it's usually a disaster. It, the fact that Vegas has been able to maintain through that and still holds one of the league's better records, plus the fact that all their underlying numbers suggest they're respectful, like I I think we, at, at some point, need to flip a switch on Vegas and say, okay, they're, they're clearly not bad. I think we agree right. on that. It's where is their true talent? Are they an okay team or a good team? If the truth is somewhere in the middle of that, and I think it is, they're going to make the playoffs, and that's and that's a large part to the points they've banked, but in large part to the talent that they've acquired.
2: Wouldn't that be something? And last one, real quick for you here, Travis. Outside of Toronto and Winnipeg, anybody you mentioned, kind of the, the cluster in the middle. Is that where you see like the Calgary's and Vancouver's kind of ending up? Like Calgary's fourteen ten and one right now, Vancouver twelve ten and four. Uh, do you see them kind of sticking in that middle clump in the West?
1: Yeah, I see. Va- I see Calgary moving up a little bit. Mm. I see Vancouver. Moving down a little bit i look i know vancouver's got a couple really nice stories but i, I just and travis green we talked about him a couple weeks ago yeah. i think he's one of i think he's done a phenomenal an a plus job with that roster i just don't think they have enough talent to really compete long term right. this season so i would expect vancouver to drop out a little bit but I, I have higher expectations for calgary i did so last year and they flipped the switch and made me look smart and then they bombed out <laughs> in the playoffs and made me look dumb so i'm still riding with calgary um, and Winnipeg's the same exact team. I don't think I've ridden with two teams more than Winnipeg and Calgary. So, you know, at some point, I'm, I'm hoping Calgary again flips the switch and turns it around in the second half of the year. They clearly have the talent. Johnny Goudreau having an unbelievable year. They just need a little bit more from their second and third pairs, and they need their goalpending to stay consistent yeah. basically every single game.
2: Yeah, they sure do. Uh, Travis, thank you so much, as always, man. We'll do it again next week. All right, take care, Andy. All right, Travis Yost. Get him on Twitter, at Travis Yost, and check out all his work on tsn.ca. After the break, we're going to talk about and learn about Canada's new three-on-three professional hockey league, 3HL Tour. After that, we'll talk NHL fantasy with DraftKings analyst James Harding. But Justin Fox from 3HL Tour coming up after the break here on TSN Hockey Analytics. Welcome back to... TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto and across the TSN Radio Network. Make sure you get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics, myself at AndyMC81. You can subscribe and rate us on iTunes and SoundCloud as well as on the TSN 1050.ca show page. And we post links on Twitter, of course, if you miss any of the show. So, we're going to bring on now to our 3HL Tour hotline, where, folks, you can catch the excitement of the 3HL Tour, Canada's three-on-three professional hockey league, coming to a city near you. Tickets on sale right now at 3HLTour.com. From 3HL Tour, Justin Fox joins me. Justin, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing well. Listen, I am pumped. About this league, brother, like it, it's, yeah. I, I love three on three. I love the fast paced action. Can you tell everybody who maybe is just learning about 3HL tour what it's about, what they can expect when they see it?
3: Uh, so essentially, obviously we've taken the, uh, the exciting fast paced sort of end to end action of the three on three overtime and we've bottled it up into a professional hockey league.
2: Nice, nice, and and that's that. Like that's the part I love because people, I I know myself. You see, it's like oh, three on three is great, and then it's yeah. over. But here, yeah. it's always three on three, so it's always wide open, right? Exactly, it's overtime all the time. Nice. So essentially,
3: what we've done is we as mentioned, taken that three on three overtime format, and we've uh, created a a sort of a unique uh, tournament style event uh, where we bring in eight teams. Uh, it's a single elimination bracket. They're fourteen minute games, so very quick. You know, win, move on, lose you're done type of format. Uh you go from eight teams to one winner in about three hours.
2: That's beautiful. So nice and quick. And uh one of the events, December nine is coming to Oshawa Tribute Community Center, right? Yes,
3: yeah, exactly, exactly. So a week a week today.
2: Perfect. And people can get the tickets and check it all out at three hltourcom dot com. Now, exactly. Justin, with the with the league, here's another interesting part about it. Is yeah. when you when this was developed, it was also in, in part by you wanting to give Canadian hockey players a professional place to play that isn't you know in a frozen tundra part of Russia where they can actually earn money and stay at home. Can you tell us about exactly.
3: that exactly so I mean I, you know obviously we took the exciting aspect of the three out three, but there there is or before the three h l there wasn't a professional hockey league in Canada, so a lot of teams play here, but uh we're we we feel that we're providing an opportunity for uh you know Canada's elite hockey players. To stay at home and play professional hockey close to home so they don't have to go down to the U.S. or, as you mentioned, you know, the, the tundras of, of Russia <laughs> overseas. So, um, you know, we, we feel that as we grow, obviously, we'll, we'll be able to provide a, a greater opportunity, but that's truly where we see the league going as Canada's professional hockey league.
2: And so the type of players playing in the league now, like you have yes. a, a mix of. Uh, like uh, AHL guys, some ex NHLers associated with it, yeah. and 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 t- tell us uh, tell us about that. Like like the caliber of hockey people can see. It's going to be fast paced, but but it, it yeah. is pro.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are some of the greatest hockey players from Canada, or Canadian hockey players, and actually a couple of Americans as well. Um, you know, these are guys that played. They were stars in the in junior and you know major junior in the OHL. They went on, and played pro, um, and now they've chosen to you know play pro here in Canada. So. You know, we've got guys that played all the way up to the NHL, as you mentioned, we've probably got, you know, fifteen or twenty guys in the league that have played in the NHL, guys that have played in the AHL, the ECHL, overseas in Europe, you know, in the various leagues over there. So <clears> they <throat> said, you know, extremely skilled and talented players. Um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, a lot of them for one reason or another didn't did quite crack the NHL, but I mean these guys are, you know, some of the best hockey players that Canada has to offer.
2: Oh, sure. Like like the caliber mm-hmm. of hockey is mm-hmm. still phenomenal, right? Like there's exactly. only, only a a what fraction of a percentage a zero, of players make it.
3: Zero one two percent wow. actually make the NHL. Wow. So We've got the point zero, .00, talking about analytics, the point <laughs> .00, zero to, you know, 4%, right? So, you know, we've got that, you know, if you talk about a percent of a percent, we've got that other percent of a percent. So, um, I mean, these are some of the best hockey players that, you know, as I said, Canada has to offer. <clears throat> we've Love got it. Stanley Cup champions. We've got, you know, Stanley Cup champions. We've got, you know, uh, Memorial Cup champions. So, you know, some of the best hockey players around.
2: So the next event, as we said, is Saturday, December nine at exactly. Tribute Community Center in Oshawa. Yeah. And they can come out, fans can come out and, and meet a, uh, a former NHL star, right? Bernie yeah. Nichols is going to be there.
3: Bernie Nichols will be on hand. Very cool. uh, he's sort of partnered with us. We are working with uh, all sports markets. So it's sort of a, an investment opportunity for, you know, fans to invest in the teams. Um, and so he's partnered with us with all sports Market. So he'll be on hand to sign autographs and, you know, Shake hands and
2: kiss babies. Very, very cool. You have your baby kissed by Bernie Nichols. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Go. Now, outside of Oshawa, you you guys are all over the place. Can you give us some <clears throat> other locations? Of course, people can find out where exactly at 3HLtour.com, but just give exactly. an idea of where people uh, can can catch you.
3: Yeah, so obviously it's a tour format. So we, we travel from venue to venue, kind of like the PGA Tour. That, yep. That's sort of the model we've taken. Um, we're December 9th in Oshawa. Uh, December 23rd, we're in Aurora. December 30th, we're in Toronto at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, the Madame Athletic Centre. And in January, uh, we're in Owen Sound, January 13th. Um, and that kind of goes from there throughout. You know, we'll be in Niagara Falls, Hamilton, St. Catharines, Waterloo, Coburg, Stratford. So we kind of tour around.
2: It sounds incredible. Uh Justin, let's have you on later in the season. Give us an update how things are going. And Perfect. uh people who again want to check it out, find the location nearest you at three HL dot com on Twitter at three HL Tour. It's the number three HL Tour. Uh very exciting stuff, Justin. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. All right, Justin Fox from the Three H L Tour. Again, get him on Twitter at three HL Tour. Folks, I-, I I checked out so I haven't seen an event live yet, but the videos and, and you see the format, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's, uh, it's something to check out. It's something fast, quick, entertaining. Check it out 3HLTour.com. Something else that's fun NHL fantasy talk. You need some tips for daily play for your league? I got you. I got you covered. James Harding, friend of show from DraftKings, hockey analyst and uh, contributor to DraftKings, comes up next right here on TSN Hockey Analytics.
0: Does face head in left circle centers it? Score! Kucherov! And I believe, according to what you noted, though, that's his first shot tonight on net, yep. and it's good for the Lightning'
2: sixth goal. Welcome back, TSN Hawk Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara with you. You can follow us on Twitter at TSN Analytics and me at AndyMC81. You miss any of the show? No worries. Or you want to listen later on or again, you can subscribe and rate us at iTunes, SoundCloud, the TSN 1050.ca show page. Or on our Twitter accounts, again, at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. We always tweet out the links right there. Still to come on the show, we'll have Heroes and Zeros with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. But friend of show, he returns to talk some NHL fantasy, daily league advice, whatever, from DraftKings. It is James Harding. James, how's it going, brother? I'm doing good, Andy. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. So you know what? We'll get to a variety of things, though, but a, a popular segment that we introduced last week, we're going right back to now. Stock up. Stock down. Complete with killer sound effects. James, uh, give us a one or two stock up options in the fantasy world right now heading into the weekend.
4: Uh, yeah, two guys who I'm really, really excited about right now as far as stock up wise, number one is Kyle Connor from the Winnipeg Jets right now. He's skating on the Jets' first line with Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele. Nine points in his last eight games. He's coming off a multi-goal game last night for the Jets. Uh, Seventeen points in twenty-one games this season. He's shooting at an eighteen percent clip right now. Uh, and like I said, with his exposure to a leap players like Wheeler and Scheifele at both even strength and on the power play. I love where his stock is right now, and I really think that when you look at that team overall, I mean, they're number five in the NHL in total offense, and that top six, when you factor in their first line and their second line with, with Patrick Laine and uh, Nikolai Ellers, that, that team is going places right now. And so I really, really like Kyle Connor, And the other guy who I like as far as his stock up from the Chicago Blackhawks' rookie, Alex Debrinkit. Uh, Three-game point streak right now, four goals, two assists, nine shots on goal. He has points in seven of his past nine games. He's fourth right now in rookie scoring with 19 points, 11 goals, and eight assists. He has 12 points in his last ten games, which has gotten him into that fourth spot in the rookie scoring race right now. And he's only skating on the third line, so he's not really seeing a ton of minutes but he is skating on the first power play unit there. So I think that there's a lot more to come from Alice it, especially if that top six struggles offensively, he could see a move up and play with, say, a Patrick Kane or a Jonathan Taves.
2: So those are two players that you might want to look at either adding into your DraftKings daily lineup or in your league if they're available in some way. How about a couple of players to avoid? Stock down, James.
4: Yeah, stuck down, and one of them is a little surprising, really, when when you hear the name, and that's Jamie Ben. Hmm. Uh, two points in his past seven games, and his shooting numbers uh, over that span have been very low as well. He's only got twelve shots on goal uh, in in those seven games. When you think of a player of his offensive ilk and offensive caliber, for him to to go, you know, with a a, a drought in scoring and really a drought in shooting like this as well. It's it's a little concerning now. He had been broken up with Tyler Sagan,
0: <clears throat>
4: but he's back with Sagan and Alexander Radulov right now. Uh, he did have a five-game pointless drought in that seven-game span, so I'm a little weary on Jamie Benn right now, but now that he's back with Sagan and Radulov, I do want to see if they can kind of rekindle a little bit of that scoring magic from earlier in the year. And then the other one, I talked about Kyle Conner from the Winnipeg Jets. Kind of in the opposite direction right now is Dustin Bufflin. 11 points this season. Uh, he had four points in his first three games in November, but he only has one point in his past 11 games. He's still good in DraftKings and also in fantasy hockey leagues that have block shots and shots on goal totals, but he's not having the offensive year that fantasy owners and DFS players are really accustomed to seeing from him. So his stock is definitely down right now. And like I said, he had a nine-game pointless drought and only one point in his past 11 games.
2: In conversation with James Harding, DraftKings NHL fantasy analyst on Twitter at jharding_hockey. underscore hockey. Okay, so that was stock up, stock down. James, we didn't get into goaltenders Last week, I want to have a touch on on maybe one that you you like heading into the weekend slate of games on DraftKings, and, and maybe a season long sleeper that people should keep an eye on.
4: Yeah, well, I think the the goaltender that everybody should look at going into the weekend is Carey Price, hmm. uh, and I don't think if you asked me that question a week ago at, at this time had had we. Uh, had we had this conversation, I don't think I, Carrie Price would have even been on my fantasy radar. Right. Uh, you know, the season that he had, but I guess a month off, uh, with, with injury and getting to rest and, and heal up will, will do what this past week has done for Carrie Price. Four game winning streak. He started four games in six days. He allows, he's allowed only five goals against in total in those four games. He faces Detroit again on Saturday night. He just beat Detroit on Thursday, stopped 28 of 31 goals. That is his worst start of the four in the past week, uh, allowing three goals against. So uh, four-game winning streak right now. He looks as good as uh, we could expect Gary Price to look. So I love him for the weekend. A season-long sleeper, you know, we're a little late into the season to say uh, season-long sleepers, but one guy who I think a lot of people should be keeping an eye on right now is Anton Kadobin. Hmm. from the Boston Bruins. Uh, 7-0-2, so he's unbeaten in regulation this season. The Bruins just seem to play very well, very comfortable, and very confident when he's in net. He's really solidified and held things down in the Boston goaltending situation with where Tuka Rask has been this season. He has a 2.22 goals against average, a 9.32 save percentage in nine starts. He's played in 10 games, and I think with how he's playing right now, He's forcing himself, not necessarily more into a timeshare situation with Rask, but every time that he does start, fantasy players will want to take notice, and especially if his value and his DraftKings price are good, he's going to be a guy who you're going to want to start until he starts to cool down.
2: Now, James, one of the the games that we've gone over the last uh, couple weeks is the NHL pick'em style game. And we uh, talk about on my NFL show, TSN 4 Downs, the NFL style. But the pick'em style is very interesting because you don't have to balance the math out with the traditional salary cap game. It's you pick a player in each tier who's going to have the best out of that group and so for the, the the pickem style, having played it a little bit are you, how how are you enjoying it as as a pro as an NHL fantasy analyst how do you like the pickem style
4: well it's different for sure and I, and I, I love that about it is the fact I, I I'm one of those guys who I love building lineups mm-hmm. and so I, I'm, I'm very when it comes to the traditional games I love that because I, I like Having the the salary cap to to balance things out, and you not being able to put you know all the top tier players in your lineup. But I also like being able to put all the top tier players in in your lineup if if it's available to you. So I, I do love the pick 'em games. I think it's a great uh, option for those players that we've discussed in the past. Those players who are not confident in building a lineup with the salary cap, or just don't want to build a lineup with the salary cap. They just say, "Hey, give me the best players and and let me pick them." So I think it's a great setup and, and I really think that it's doing uh, a lot of good to attract more players to the, the fantasy uh, aspect of the game.
2: Yeah, and James, for for me too, like I, I love the the building aspect, whether it's football or hockey, uh, with the salary cap style, but also just for a change of pace for even seasoned people, right? If if you like that, it's a hey, it's a, a bit of a, a different mindset in doing the pick'em style. So it's uh, it is a lot of fun, um, James. I want to thank you so much, buddy. Let's do it again next week. Okay, buddy. All right, that is James Harding, DraftKings NHL fantasy analyst. Get him on Twitter at jharding_hockey. I think what we'll do next week too, we'll put out a tweet. Earlier in the day, if you have any NHL fantasy questions for James, we can get those earlier and and tweet them in uh, at TSN Analytics at Harding underscore hockey. So James joined us on the 3HL Tour hotline. Catch the excitement of the 3HL Tour Canada's three-on-three professional hockey league coming to a city near you. Tickets on sale now at 3HLTour.com. We'll take the break, wrap up the show with TSN.ca. Scott Cullen, heroes and zeros in the top storylines from around the National Hockey League. Get ready for the 3HL Tour. The world's first three-on-three professional hockey league is coming to Oshawa at Community Center on Saturday, December 9th. Three hours, 18, one winner, $15,000 on the line. Winners advance, losers go home. Saturday, December 9th, come out and meet former NHLer and 3HL Tour spokesperson Bernie Nichols. Get your tickets now at 3HLTour.com. Puck drops at 3 p.m. Get those tickets at 3HLTour.com. Don't you dare miss it.
0: One back to Gardner, Gene Gardner, swings it across the D-lander, works in and shoots over William D power play to the leaves are back on top.
2: Back to wrap up another edition of TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy Mattyamaran. You're listening on TSN 1050. Cross the TSN Radio Network on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can get us there. On the TSN 1050.ca show page and on Twitter, we post all the links as well. At TSN Analytics and at AndyMC81. Let's head now again to the 3HL Tour hotline. Catch the excitement of the 3HL Tour. Canada's three-on-three professional hockey league coming to a city near you. Tickets on sale right now at 3HLTour.com. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on the line. Scotty, how's it going? Great. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well, my friend, and I've been promised we got the music and music teed up, baby. It's time for the best and worst the NHL This Week. Hockey Analytics Heroes and Zeros with Scott Cullen and Andy McNamara. Oh, that really would have looked bad if it didn't play. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Sean Lavery, doing yeah. a great job at producer. Uh, so, Scotty, first hero, an American forward with the Chicago Blackhawks. That's right.
0: Alex um, His the rookie uh, winger, has really picked things up. The last nine games, he's eight goals, four assists, fifty eight percent Corsi, which is best among Chicago Fords in that time. And, and this is kind of a case of maybe just maybe size isn't as important as uh hockey people want to make it out to be, especially on draft day. Uh Debrinca was the thirty ninth pick in twenty sixteen despite being uh, a huge scorer in junior. Uh I think he scored one hundred and sixty seven goals in three years uh in the Ontario hockey league. Uh, but now he's he's kind of stepped into the uh, the Blackhawks lineup and, and been a contributor but lately he's uh been playing online with Patrick Kane and Nick Schmaltz, and they've been extremely productive. So, uh, pretty, pretty great pick there for the Blackhawks.
2: And then we have William Carlson from Vegas as your second hero.
0: Yeah, Vegas uh, made out with some really good players out of their expansion yeah. pass, not the, not the least of which is William Carlson. Past 10 games, he has 10 goals. Uh, For assists, 57.6% Corsi, uh, and to me this is the risk when it comes to the expansion draft, because the idea of sport is that it's a meritocracy. And if you're good enough, you'll be given the right opportunity, and, and you can play. But you know, you've seen what Columbus has down the middle of the ice. You think they really couldn't use uh, William Carlson more <laughs> than they did? Like, he was a spare part in Columbus. And yeah. now, you know, he gets his chance to be a, you know, first-line center in Vegas and, and is producing. Now, I mean, I don't think he's going to continue scoring at, at point-per-game pace, but, you know, you're getting a, this guy who was a spare part, and I think now he's tied for fifth in the league with 14 goals.
2: Okay, so those are the heroes. Now to the zeros, and we start with another Carlson, but Eric.
0: That's right, we're in the Carlson family. <laughs> yes. Eric Carlson, uh, no points in the past eight games, which not not great for him. Uh In that time, Uh one goal for, nine goals against, and in, in five-on-five play. Look, Eric Carlson's obviously still great. Uh, I, I recall I, I dropped uh, Sidney Crosby a zero earlier in the year. Yes. This is probably, problem, and, and he's picked his game up. Uh, I figure this is the same thing that's going to happen with Eric Carlson. I'm catching him now while the numbers aren't good, uh, but... I, I don't think this is something that's going to have a long-term uh, impact.
2: No, so <laughs> it, it, we got to slide the good players in sometimes, Scotty. Right? Well,
0: exactly. We 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 need to kind of keep them honest.
2: That's right. <laughs> keep them on their toes. And uh, Clayton Keller wraps up the zeros.
0: That's right. Uh, got off to a brilliant start in Arizona, rookie and winger. Uh, but in his past twelve games, he has no goals and four assists. Team worst forty-four percent Corsi in that time, uh, with one goal, for and eight goals against. Uh, the interesting thing about Keller was that. Uh, when he was scoring so much early in the year, he was generating a lot of shots. He had 58 shots on goal in his first 16 games. Past 12 games, when he hasn't scored, he has 25 shots on goal. So it, it's a lot harder to score when you're not getting as many chances. Uh, mm. But you know, he's a really promising player. But I, I think um, if, if he snuck up on some some people early in the year, uh, he's not anymore.
2: And a, a sub, we'll get one bonus hero in from your Statistically Speaking here, Scotty, on TSN.ca, and we played the clip right off the top. William Nylander, second-year winger, trying to break out of a slump.
0: That's right, and you know what? I mean, he got kind of got dumped to the fourth line in Toronto. And that's, yeah. it, it, it's a weird way that they're trying to get him out of his slump. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he's put up six points in the past four games. He had a good night uh, there against Edmonton. Um, the other night with a goal and two assists, and, you know, the, the lease is kind of one of the things that's I guess held them back a, a bit this year is that uh, Nylander and Mitch Marner haven't really, you know, built upon their rookie seasons. Uh, and so, you know, on, on one hand you sit there and think, well, you know, those guys should be doing much better. Uh, but if you're the Leafs and you've had, you know, a reasonably successful start to the season, um, just think how much better you'll be if Marner and Nylander are are back producing the way you expect.
2: Okay, so that was Heroes and Zeros, and you can get uh, Scotty on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen, and find all his work Monday to Friday on tsn.ca. Let's swing around some of the storylines here. you got the Montreal Canadiens, back from the dead, Scotty, and listen, Carey Price, of course, gets a a lot of the the credit, four wins in a row for the Canadiens, but you have listed in short shifts, I'm going to say that very (laughs) carefully, uh, on tsn.ca, Max Pacioretty contributing.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, first, first off with, with Carey Price, um, you know, with all the problems that uh, it looked like Montreal had when Price was out, and and even when he played poorly at the start of the year, like, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you're not going to survive Carey Price either not no. being in the lineup or playing poorly. Um, and, and they didn't. Uh, but, you know, he's come back, and... Uh, has stopped 128 of 133 shots in four games. You know, he's stopping like 98% of the shots he faces. Well, every team looks good when the goalie stops 98% of their shots. So, you know, first off there is is that um, if you have Carey Price back playing like Carey Price, uh, the whole game changes for the Montreal Canadiens. And so, you know, good for them. Um, In the case of Patcharetti, I I think there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, You know, with Montreal... They're struggling to score. They're they're ranked 29th in the league with 2.48 goals per game. Um, but Patrick did have goal uh, goal and assist the other night against Detroit, and that was four points in his past three games. But he kind of needs to he needs to build on that. And I, I think some of that is is hard because this is a guy who's a goal scoring winger, and one of the big problems for for Montreal is um, you know their limitations down the middle of the ice, guys who can who can feed the puck. And so sometimes he gets to play with Jonathan Drewen, the one guy who you might have a lot of. Of faith of in that role, but then you know it might be Philippe Deneau. and hmm. while they had some some relative success last year, you're probably not making the most of Max Pacioretty with Philippe Deneau as his center. And so I think that that's something that's probably going to linger, you know, all year unless they make some more more changes down the middle of the ice. But it's um, you know this is a guy who scores you 30 goals a year, kind of year in and year out. Um, but you know, you might be able to get more out of him if he had uh, a better playmaker with him.
2: Yeah, and really, as we know, uh, it goes all goes through Carey Price in Montreal. Scotty, that's it, right? It's, yeah. it's pretty pretty simple. You got Carey Price, you got a shot, you don't. Well, we saw how the season started. So, anyway, uh, Scotty, great stuff as always, man. Let's do it again next week. Sounds great. Thank you, Andy. All right, thank you. Scott Cullen. Find him on Twitter. Must follow, at TSN Scott Cullen. And Monday to Friday, all his fine work in statistically speaking, top storylines, heroes and zeros, and all that, you can find on tsn.ca. Okay, folks, that'll do it. For another episode of TSN Hockey Analytics, thank you very much to all of our guests, Travis Yost, Justin Fox from 3HL Tour, James Harding from DraftKings, and of course, Scott Culm, who you heard right there. So for producer Sean Lavery, Grady Sass, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics across the TSN radio network.